Hey. 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 We're back. Man. We are back. It's <laughs> all thought, these I, I thought, do, are we supposed to be surprised that we're seeing each other here on video? I, I was going to try to follow your lead. I'm surprised to see all the people out there that are watching is who I'm surprised to see. I knew you were there. I, I just don't know if any of them are. Out. Are, are you people out there? I don't know. I really am not sure. But uh, yeah, tap it and see if anybody answers. I don't know. But uh, this is all of the Avengers. And I believe we are up to episode 004. So in our last episode, which was me by myself, I talked about the Lava Men, which was an interesting experience. And I tried to find what was worth really talking about, which basically Luke for you, since you probably haven't seen that one yet, cause it's still in the, in the, in the production queue. Um, the thing that I determined about the lava men issue was the lava men were the least important thing about that issue. They were absolutely the least consequential thing. <laughs> it was all just an excuse to have more Hulk soap opera. I, we need more Hulk soap opera, frankly. Well, the first five issues of Avengers and those two issues of fantastic four that, that um, I believe I covered in a special episode separately. Um, it's all Hulk all the time. He is like the adversary of the first year or two of the Avengers. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I will confess that um, as part of the Marvel A Day project, which is where I'm coming to you from, uh, we read the, these issues of the Avengers, oh, gosh, two or three years ago now, I think. And so some of the... Some of the um, the less consequential uh, stories from that run are kind of, kind of faded from my memory. I'm a little bit, so apologies there. I am happy to say that the two we're going to read today are two of my favorites, though. So right. looking forward to the, this conversation. Oh, yeah. Very much. We got some very special issues here. And let me go ahead and introduce everybody, I assume, knows by now, if you've, if you've watched the show before. I'm Van Allen Plexico, the founder of AvengersAssemble.net, and, uh, which has been around like 27 years now, which is insane. It makes me feel very old. Um, and this may be where you're seeing this show. If you're not seeing this on the website, go to www.avengersassemble.net for all the other cool stuff and all the, all the previous episodes. And I'm joined, we're doing different guests every few episodes. I'm joined tonight by Luke C.J. Smith. And Luke joins us from the Marvel A Day Project, which is this awesome thing that he and Mark Ballou and I believe John Warren and Vince Alvarez over the years have been, over the last couple of years have been involved in. And you also are a longtime Jarvis head. So tell us, what have I left out? Uh, no, that's that's a big part of it. Uh, and if you're interested in following us as we read a Marvel comic a day, starting with Fantastic Four number one and leading off into the distant future, uh, nearing the heat death of the universe, probably by the time we get done with the project, um, then uh, you can find us on Twitter at Marvel a day, P-R-O-J, or uh, you can join us on our Facebook group. So we'd love to see you out there and have some some uh, some wild and wide ranging conversations related to uh, to old school comics. Um, and uh, and we have a good time every day. Yeah, I love it. I followed it from the very beginning and I always enjoy your stuff on Twitter that comes through the different panels and the different uh, snarky comments and the, and the deep observations and everything in between. It's really cool. And you guys are all longtime Jarvis heads since the very beginning. Yep. Absolutely. I found uh, AvengersAssemble.net on my first day at college back in 1996. Uh, and I've been with the group on and off uh, ever since. And uh, it's been a, it's been a, it is, it is consistently my favorite corner of the internet, the corner where the Jarvis heads live. Well, and we've been around almost since the very beginning together. It's really crazy. So, yeah. Well, there we are. That's, that's us. So, without further ado, uh, we're going to watch Van try to work the technology again. This is always entertaining. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. There it is. We're going to bring up. Hey, there we go. 
uh, Avengers number six. Now I've got to ask. So the, you're you're looking at these on PDFs. Where are these off of the Avengers CD-ROM from back in the day, or where are these from? Maybe. <laughs> really don't, don't, know. don't recall I mean, it was in the back of your closet okay that's cool i, I, I was gonna say because i love those old cd-roms because there's just so much on there it's it's like yes. i mean you could you could sell them at four times the price and they would be worth every penny oh yeah i was like I, yeah I, I bought the avengers cd-rom the second it came out back in the day and it cost about 25 dollars. i think it was about 25 dollars, and it had every issue of avengers yes except for it did, I think it didn't have the giant size. It had the annuals, but not the giant size. Mm, that's that's a shame. I, think, I remembered but, something was missing. It's either the, I'm pretty sure the annuals on there, which means that the giant size are not on there. It's one of the two. One of the two is not on there. Some intern got fired over that, no doubt. Missing the, giant, <laughs> missing the giant sizes. Come on. And I have to assume that that is where these came from because they're the only ones digital in my collection that are PDFs. All the others are CBR or CBX or whatever. Mm. but uh but and have to open with a different different software but these are pdfs so they work it's all good whatever so okay. uh you wanted to ask about like how we how we read them though you had yeah. so you'd mentioned that you were reading out of out of one of the old masterworks books is that right i've got all different ways i've got them on my ipad um i've got them on comics i mean i got them on my ipad like i i uploaded myself from my collection oh cool uh, I have them from Comixology and the Masterworks. I have them on this computer, and I've got like issues somewhere. Oh, have I got issues? Um, and, and then I've got the, the Masterworks. I think Larry Davis gave me this or let me borrow it along. It's one of those things where if he gave it to me, awesome. Thanks, Larry. And if you let me borrow it, I've had it so long now that thanks, Larry, for giving it to me, you know. But it's got like the first 10 issues in it. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, as much as I love having those physical artifacts around, I just got to the point where it's like, I move occasionally and I don't want to have to move giant, you know, a forklift full of long boxes everywhere. So I am, I'm all digital now. Um, apart from oh, yeah. a few trades I have on my shelf for, you know, to loan out to folks, but uh, everything I read is digital. And I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hot take here. I, I think digital is honestly the way to read comics um the guided view that you get through comiXology or from marvel unlimited it's it's super helpful i mean just pick up my co i got my collection everywhere i go on my phone my tablet whatever uh i i love reading digitally so i know a lot of old school comics guys hate that but can't beat the convenience so no i i occasionally will read something in a hardcover or a paperback but i can't remember the last time i had any desire to open a flippy floppy you know pamphlet Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And too too much trauma from back in the day when I accidentally like let the tape touch the the cover of the comic and like it tears off a part of Captain America's face yeah. or something. It's like, oh, I still have. Dude, you know what I've been doing all afternoon is packing up my uh, Pulsar Blind Date comics to ship out, oh. and I, that involved putting them in the plastic bags and putting the tape on them. Okay. I I, I only ordered a few more than we sold. Mm -hmm. And if I mess one up, <laughs> if I mess up too often with that tape, like you're describing, then uh -huh. Uh -huh. it's going to be a big delay while I order a whole new batch. So yeah, I've been in terror all day of messing up comics. I know exactly what you mean. For sure. <laughs> sure. By the way, I'm going to see, uh, I think we're going to get Pulsar up on Comixology soon. So, uh, Oh, no right way. Now, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's only on Kickstarter, but it'll, um, it'll migrate digitally to, uh, to Comixology. That'll, that's my next, that's my next trick. Next thing to pull out of a hat with all these other things going on. So is that, is that your first one that's going to be on comiXology? Yeah. Yeah. The, the cold lightning comic 
we pulled back because we're redoing some stuff about it. We wanted mm -hmm. to kind of make it because the, the second and third issues are done, but we wanted to kind of bring them all in line together with the same, because they've been working. I mean, we've been working on them for like five years. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, we want we want the stuff that was done in 2017 to look like the stuff that was done in 2021. So, so cold lightning will be out, but just not as soon as, as Pulsar. So oh, there you go. Very, very cool. Anyway. All right. So let's look at Avengers number six and seven. And I, I assume that you are all intrigued by these here issues because of, whoa, sorry, can't do that, um, because of uh, the Masters of Evil. Absolutely. Yeah. I, the Some of my favorite comics from uh, from when I was uh, just getting going were th with Thunderbolts and uh, Masters of Evil plays right into that mythology. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Masters of Evil all day long. And I never realized... I guess I always just assumed he was an old school dude. I, I don't think I ever fully realized that that this is where Zemo starts out. He was a faceless silhouette in Avengers four in the flashback where they don't say who it is that caused Cap and Bucky to fall in the water. Hmm. And then here we find out it was Baron Zemo and... I had no idea this is like his first appearance or something. So really, I you know I just assumed that was one of those golden age uh, villains who uh, got translated over. But I, I really see he's a new creation from Stan and Jack for the Avengers. I did not know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I that's the way it came across to me. And uh, <laughs> and um, the whole adhesive X thing and all. I mean, it's just uh, I think so. And <laughs> and remember, Cap. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. So, in any case, um, I'm trying to decide which screen to look at. I have a bigger version over here side, so forgive me for looking off to the side, but I can read it better. So, we've got more uh, more Stan fun on the cover with, have we got a tale for you? Please don't frustrate us. You've got to read it. Like, every the thing with Stan is every issue is like that, though. You know, it's like every, oh, we outdid ourselves in this issue. <laughs> I and just love, uh, and I love it. And so much copy. My God, there's, I mean, look at this. There's, there's like three, three different paragraphs with a copy on the cover. In addition to like 17 people doing yeah. 16 different things. Like, oh my God, this is so complicated. Nowadays, I mean, comic, I, I think I'm one of the few Jarvis heads who still reads comics that are coming out today. And those covers go the opposite way. It's basically oh, just yeah. like a pinup of a person and the, and the title treatment. And it's like, I think there's a, a happy middle ground between there and here. You know, this is, this is that, too much. Yeah, that was called 1979. <laughs> that was a happy medium. Was the year after I was born. It's got to be a little bit later than that. <laughs> Maybe a little. I, well, you know, we all are kind of, we are all partial in some ways to when we start out something. And we so talked true. about that for so many years in our group. And uh, yeah, I, you know, it, I started reading in 77. And so um, that seems to me like the way comics are supposed to be. This seems too wordy and today seems too plain because that's, that's my sweet spot. You know, I feel that. I feel that. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, Lord, you know, this is another thing that Rob and I talked about in the previous episode was Stan really, I mean, we talk about how much that Jack did and there's no doubt about it, but when you look at how many words are in these early comics, Stan was busting his butt. <laughs> he was writing like little mini not he, he calls them like little mini novels and you know he always says like this is a mini epic or something or a uh a feature a feature length production he always calls them 
They were. <laughs> so I, I'm going to tell you, I, I just finished last night. I finished uh, Jack Kirby, uh, The Epic Life of uh, the King of Comics, the, the yes. uh, trade paperback. Oh, it's, oh, you've read it. So you're good. So reading this right after that was a very, um, it really kind of colored my perception of the of these issues. Uh, and so, and while, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the truth is somewhere between where Stan's story, which is very, you know, Stan friendly and Jack's story, which is very Jack friendly. Um, I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle. Sure. I do tend to think it's probably a little closer to Jack's story. If I'm oh, yeah. completely honest about, you know, knowing what we know about Stan and his, his, uh, his carnival Barker mentality. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but no question, Stan is working his ass off and he's been working his ass off on like how many books concurrently. Right. So it's, Oh know, yeah. No question about well, it. He's, he's working hard. The position I take, and I've read, I've read all that. I've read, um, I've read stuff said that the tomorrow's folks did about, where they took literally every quote that either one of them had said over the years about who did what, and they compared all through it. It's, it's an amazing read. Hmm. Uh, it's called Stuff Said. It's, Stuff uh, it's said. actually got Captain Victory on the cover, which is funny. They probably couldn't get the rights to any Marvel or DC characters, so hmm. it's got Captain Victory on the cover, but it's about <laughs> Marvel, really, and, and DC to a certain degree. But anyway, um, um, my position is that, yeah, Jack probably plotted most of it, laid it all out, did most of that stuff, but the thing is, we've read stuff that Jack wrote the scripting for, okay? Uh, we've read a lot of that. And I'm a big fan. I love Captain Victory. I love his Captain America run. I love the Eternals, all that. I'm a big fan. Uh -huh. But when you read a comic like this that, that, that Stan did the scripting for, or as Jack would say, put the words in the little bubbles, uh -huh. it takes it to another level. Yeah, no, I will not argue that. I the, so the thing I read in between the Jack Kirby book and and these Avengers issues, I I took another whack at reading New Gods. I okay. got about halfway through the first issue, and I'm like, I think I'm just gonna go to bed. <laughs> it's yeah, no. it's it's dense, and you can tell he's loving what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Boy, oh boy, it doesn't have that crackle that that Stan right. that Stan gives to it uh, an issue. No. no question. That's the thing. No, hundred percent. That's the thing. I mean, you you. I, I will agree all day and all night long that Jack Kirby was a genius and sure. that he did most of this. Fantastic Four is what they usually talk about, but we can talk about Avengers too. Mm -hmm. But you read the dialogue, the captions, all the other stuff going on that Stan put in there, and nobody in the world but Stan Lee could have done that. It's so it just drips Stan Lee. It's so obvious, and it's it's so unique. And it gives it something different that if Jack had done it by himself, it wouldn't. Have, it just wouldn't have had. No, I, I absolutely yeah. agree. Together, they were better than some of their parts, and those individual parts were pretty great to begin with. Exactly. Together, they were. I mean, they're like any great musicians that produce great albums and then fight and break up. It it takes that it takes that abrasion to create magic but it sometimes gets so abrasive that they just can't stand it anymore. And I think that's kind of the case here. I like so, that. I like that. Um, so we pretty much get a preview of how the, how the issue is going to go here on the front with this battle. Mm -hmm. And um, now, Oh, I can earn big money by repairing <laughs> electronics in my home. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Could, can you zoom in so I can get that address, please? Ah, tell you what, I wish I, 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 I think it's probably too late. I think it's probably a little too late, but because uh, five to six bucks an hour, dude. That's an hour, man. Come on, that's not nothing. Come on, that's good money. No, but all right, I gotta say, the magnets in the glove and the shield 
I, I get where that would have been a cool gimmick in the day of James Bond's first few movies, which is what this was. Mm -hmm. But when we look back now, isn't it so much better that the, the shield does what cap wants because cap is just so good as opposed to technology. Oh, I, I agree entirely. Um, but I don't know how much you followed Marvel a day back when we first got started, but the first like year and a half, if you were to do a word balloon of all the words that they used in Marvel comics back in the first three or four years, magnets exclamation Ah! would be like the biggest word in that word balloon. Uh, (laughs) that word's cloud rather. Um, yeah, it's like big too, but transistors asbestos asbestos might be a little bit bigger than magnets because Holy God, every issue of fantastic four and human torch, everything was made of asbestos for some reason. Um, yeah, but yes, lunch, lo- it wouldn't be a Marvel comic from this day and age without there being magnets involved. So very wow. cool. That's there you go. All right. So, so that's all that's going on here. Oh, we got another, we, the, the, the cover wasn't enough. So now we got caution. Don't tear this magazine or wrinkle the pages or get food stains on it. You want to save it now, Rob and I were laughing how number four said all that. And we're like, yes, that's true. <laughs> that is right. True. For sure. But on this one, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it's great, but I don't know if I'm going to, you know. Anyway, all right. So Rick Jones is hanging around. And what do you think about this? I think it's interesting that Rick Jones pops up now because he's kind of that connection, right? He started out as kind of the Hulk's sidekick, but the Hulk didn't really, once the Hulk stops going to his cave and needing Rick to like zap him with beams or whatever, he, you know, Hulk doesn't really need a sidekick. So he kind of gravitates more toward Captain America. And now you got a beef between Hulk and Captain America. Well, I mean, I think the problem is that the Hulk didn't have a book at this point. Right. So that's why he yeah. winds up drifting over here. I, I like having Rick as kind of the, the, um, the boy adventurer, the POV character for the young boys reading the story. I dig that. Um, something else that came up to me while I was reading the, the Jack Kirby book uh, the other day, and this is probably the only other insight I, I dropped from this, that, that reading, but, um, Jack tended to put uh, like gangs of kids, kid gangs into all of his books. And we get yeah. that in this issue too. I, this is the next one. I don't remember, but where we have the, uh, the team, team, team brigade, team brigade. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. if, so do we know, is, is Rick Jones supposed to be Jack? Is he supposed to be like the stand in for Jack? Is that what we're assuming here? Cause I mean, you know, the reason he put those, those kids in, cause he was in a kid gang of his own back in the day when he was growing up in New York. I'm just, I just find myself wondering, is Rick Jones supposed to be Jack? I, I don't know. I, I I think it's more just a part of him. I think that, I think you're onto something there for sure, but I don't know that it's one-to-one. You know what I mean? I mean, cause, cause it's like, I was noting uh, in the, in the issue when we did the fantastic four that obviously Ben Grimm is also Jack, but there's also times that, that, I, I don't know. I, 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 I see Jack in a lot of characters. I see him put parts of himself into how he portrays different characters. And, and so um, I think he's just, I think Rick is just one of many, yeah, but you're yeah. right. There's always street gangs and God bless the Yancey street gang in particular, right? The, <laughs> the ones that terrorized Ben for 50 years now or whatever is just so great or 70. Years now. <laughs> All right. So, um, Cap, oh, look at the shield. Is uh, oh my god, Cap's indestructible fun. shield opened like a pocket watch. I, I, I love oh, that. Gosh, like... I don't even <laughs> think about it. So, um, so, um, Cap wants revenge on Baron Zemo, and and meanwhile, Zemo is hanging out with monkeys and Nazis apparently in South America or something. And, um, and dig that, that third panel on the second page there with Zemo 
walking across <laughs> the backs the backs of all these these in subjugated brown people it's like oh my god oh, <laughs> i know it i know it i know there's also there's 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 something here i had made a note of and now i'm going to forget it um I, and I love the way Stan writes dialogue for anybody that's not a good guy. You're on time. That is good. You know the penalty for failing Zemo. And he just <laughs> talks to everybody like they're dirt. And you're like, dude, I flew down here to bring you stuff. I could just fly back, you know, <laughs> just start to death. Well, no, no, dolt. Unload your plane, you stupid dolt. But, but anyway, there's another thing here where, uh, oh, here it is. Okay. So Zemo says, and we're going to mark this for later, okay? Zemo oh. says... Even in the latest scientific journals which you bring me, there is still no known formula which can remove adhesive X. Like he's scouring the scientific journals looking for a solvent right. that will solve the problem. Of, okay. A couple of pages later, somebody mentions a solvent. And he's like, a solvent? How did I never think of that before? What a great idea. And I'm like, Stan, you must have like gone and taken a coffee break <laughs> and then come back to the typewriter and totally forgotten. I, I noticed that, but I gave it a little bit of a pass. I'll show you why when we get to those pages. How about that? All right. Very good. So uh, <laughs> look at Zemo stuffing on the newspaper because Captain America's back. That is just the best. I'm going to zip along. If you want to note anything, please do. Oh, but otherwise, I'm just I will let you know. All right, so here's Zemo again. Um, he's got his mask glued to his face, which is one of the more odd predicaments a villain could be in, right? Absolutely. And also, he makes note of the fact that he is Hitler's most hated scientist, and he's he has to wear the mask so because the otherwise the the, 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 own, the German people would rise up and, and kill him. It's like if he's just focused on making adhesives. It seems like Nazi scientists could be doing something a little more evil than that. Evil glue, man. I guess it's evil glue. I mean, I guess the question could be posed: What is that glue made of? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not, not going to follow Ooh. that to its dark. Oh boy. Oh uh, yeah. Let's let's, let's just keep, leave let's that out moving. there. Let's keep and, moving. Yeah. yeah moving along. <laughs> that's no good. That's no good. Woo. So, all right. Another reference to Avengers Four here. I'm moving along here. Oh, okay. So he sends out his adhesive right for the villains to spray all over the city now i kid you not the evil scheme here is to cover this cover new york city in glue right and i mean yeah it's not, it's not a horrible plan as it actually is drawn up am i crazy it's not a horrible plan especially considering you know it's been proven that this stuff doesn't ever come off so you're gonna have people starving to death stuck in the middle of the street in new york apparently that's pretty awful awful stuff yeah yeah so black knight the e i guess the evil black knight right mm -hmm. and then the the melter i'm not quite sure what it looks like he's doing i'm there. glad i'm not the only 12 year old on this but, podcast that's exactly what i saw it was like oh god gosh what is that beam coming out of exactly that's disturbing yeah the melter okay i always liked a, a good uh Ooh la la Look at all the hit. Uh, look at all the the. the um, I, who says this isn't the Marvel Age of Comics, Luke? I don't know who said I'm, that. I'm looking at this here real quick. What if so? The Marvel a day, folks. We didn't do. Oh my God, there's a lot we didn't. We, so Kid Cold Outlaw, Two Gun Kid, Rawhide Kid. Do you really need that many kid comics in the Old West? First off, Kid and Western, yeah. Patsy Walker, Millie the Model, modeling with two Millie the Model books, really, and Patsy wow. and 
heady i guess is the other one i think it's yeah i think it's heady wow that is that's a lot of paper dedicated but i guess i guess that had to do with the the deal that they struck the publishing deal that that uh marvel had at the time right do, do people i don't yeah that's a good point do people realize that the first couple of years there dc was actually publishing marvel comics isn't that wild it's so crazy because they had a better deal with the distributor type thing back then and so there was a limited that's that's why um you didn't you had things like tales to astonish and tales of suspense is because they were limited in how many titles they could publish because dc like owned the company that was sending the marvel stuff to the newsstands and all so was uh, it just a limit on the number of superhero books because i'm just wondering because without the westerns and the and the the the, the modeling type books i'm, like, I'm wondering if maybe they were made an exception for those or something i, I, don't, I don't know, know. And you know, another interesting thing too is as this stuff fades away, it's not like Marvel just says, all right, we're just going to do superhero stuff now. This stuff is what fades away and is replaced within a few years by Star Wars, Shogun Warriors, Micronauts, ROM, right? I mean, they were always doing a branch of their publishing for other stuff besides like the mainstream, you know, Marvel superhero stuff and i feel like that's something that's that's lost nowadays i mean that's something that Mar marvel's all superheroes now obviously and it's just yeah. I, I i wish i kind of wish we had a little bit more diversity it would be cool yeah. to see a war book at marvel or something you know oh man yeah yeah a absolutely. war book or a, i mean there's gotta be i mean there's, there's all kinds of different genres you could explore it's a hard sci-fi would be really cool in, in, in its own standalone well anyway yeah yeah it's true yeah i mean for a brief moment we had helix from dc and that was about it oh yeah um, all right, so here's the Melter doing his. Oh, it's his chest, Luke. We oh, were still, you're this is you filthy, filthy guy. Yeah, man, it's just. And just to point this uh, out, the Melter doesn't melt anything but metal, right? That's how that works, isn't it? <laughs> I, I guess. I yeah. don't. That, yeah. I, yeah. From uh, the Radioactive Man, who always looks really cool. I love Radioactive Man. He's my guy. He really is because uh, I mean he just looks cool. He's Chinese, which you don't see, you didn't see a lot of back then, and he wasn't Chinese in the you know Fu Manchu style like he with the Mandarin. He's just like a hardcore Chinese, Chinese yeah. scientist going to kick your butt. He could take take you know take Thor's hammer to the face, no problem. Uh, no, I love I love mm -hmm. Radioactive Man. Under very underrated villain, I would say for sure. Because his name is kind of goofy, but you know, but the rest of it. Here's I mean, this is an example. Uh, Rob and I were remarking about how many little panels Ugh. they would cram in and yet be full of words. <laughs> this is what I mean. Look how many, look how much typing Stan was doing just for these two pages. I can and these read action scenes. This isn't even people sitting around talking. These are action scenes. I know exactly. I could read an entire week's pull box collection in the time it takes to read one of these old silver age books when we first started when we first started doing marvel a day i was like oh my god it takes so long to read these comics and they're uh, frankly a lot of them were terrible like those old johnny storm solo adventures from strange tales which are like just beating my head against the desk make this end it's so long it's uh, I, and a lot of it's good it's just oh yeah. in a different way in a different era and it's not how we grew up reading comics and it's not what we're used to. And I guess if you grew up in the, if you were a kid in the fifties and you were just getting in your teen years when these were coming out in the sixties, man, this must've just been like the Beatles and Elvis and the oh, Rolling sure. Stones just, you know, 
Oh yeah, and there's, and there's something to be said about having you know buying something for a dime that you can read all afternoon long. Yeah, you know? I mean that's that you get incredible value for your Marvel yeah. comics. <laughs> let me let me absolutely let me tell you in the in the late seventies when I was a kid reading them, I go pay my thirty thirty two cents with tax or thirty seven cents for my issues of whatever I'd buy at the grocery store, and I'd sit in the back seat when Grandma and Granddaddy would drive me back home after going to the grocery store. And I would still be reading that comic. We got home and it wasn't a short trip. Sure. I would take, and, and this was in the seventies. I mean, so they had gotten a lot less verbose than this, mm -hmm. but they still hadn't gotten to the point of like a Brian Michael Bendis comic <laughs> of these days, which might have five words in the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll in defense of Michael, Brian, Michael Bendis. He is red. He is perfect for like the digital age for like, if you get Marvel Unlimited and you have all the comics, you just like zoop right through them. It's a great read. But if you're getting them like, you know, 20 pages at a time and it's costing you right. two bucks a, a pop, it's like, oh, that's that's got to be a kick in the butt every month. Yeah. I would hate that. Oh, yeah. But oh, nowadays, yeah. oh, I zipped through. I Recently, I read his Daredevil run and like, I mean, it didn't take long, even though it was like 100 issues. But it was a great story. <laughs> and the art was yeah, great. You read it. You read it quicker than you. You read a hundred issues of that quicker than you could read this comic. <laughs> we're, we're on page six now. I just want to point out. But again, I just love that. Even in these little panels, you get this beautiful Jack Kirby action shot of the Avengers all going into action. That's like a, that's a poster right there. That looks really good. And it I've does. commented that if you look at issue number one and how Jack drew the Avengers, and then you just come just a few months into the future here. Mm -hmm. Look how different. I mean, this is a quantum leap forward for the same artist just a few months later. This I agree. is way more dynamic than what you saw in issue number one or two. I agree. And and the the more room he gets in a on a page to like spread out, the better. So like yes. the first issue of Fantastic Four number one, there's like nine panels for every page, and it's, it's like these tiny little boxes. Like it's good, but you know it could be better. By the time yes. he gets to his Thor run, where he's doing like four panels per page, it's gorgeous it's always yeah. gorgeous and yeah the more the more room he gets the more he takes advantage and yeah you're right it, it's going to get better and better as we go from here it really does i mean and look the 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 poses he does on this page are just so much superior to what he'd done just a few months earlier no question about it so the avengers are fighting the melter and radioactive man and the black knight and apparently the scheme was that they matched up in such a <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. I they, love that. They're, they're stuck to it, right? They're, ma <laughs> excuse me, they're matched up in such a way that they um, are losing, right? And they have to come back the next time and fight different opponents. That's their, their brilliant idea is to swap opponents, which I thought was... I'm assuming that these are not... That the Avengers... Well, one, they're not the first team book, I know. Justice League came before them. Justice Society, I guess, came before that. I'm assuming this is not the first time we've had an anti-Avengers or, you know, like... I'm sure that we got books where like they had the Legion of Doom or whoever it was for the Justice League. Um, right. But I, this is still probably pretty close to groundbreaking stuff where it's like the the anti eventually you know, for mm -hmm. every person on the team, there's an, an opposite number on the other team. So uh, this is, you know, we take it for granted nowadays, but it's uh, this is still pretty, pretty new territory. It is. And what's also cool, I thought, was realizing that Baron Zemo has a team of villains to fight the Avengers here. And in the very next issue, he has a completely different team. <laughs> it's just a completely different team. <laughs> he's he's uh he's not married to one concept. He's very uh no. he's got a very fluid thinker. That uh, that he's, he's doctor like Zemo. 
Doc, yeah, Doc, he's like a pro wrestling manager that shows up with different wrestlers at every match. You know, <laughs> he's got the Hart Foundation here. He's going to have you know the the British Bulldogs or something in the next one. I, don't know. I didn't know you were a student of the Sweet Science Van. <laughs> Going all the way back to to Boutwell Auditorium, Birmingham, Alabama, Boutwell Auditorium. You okay. come into Boutwell, you're gonna have to get well. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> oh Not dang! Like but you gotta respect it. Woo. <laughs> uh, so, in any case, here's all the masters of evil in their first go round, and they're still stuck to the floor. <laughs> I love it. And here's my man. Uh, here's my man. The greatest villain that Stan ever came up with. Oh, that's him. Paste there Pot Pete. Paste Pot Pete. Oh, my gosh. And so I'll much love. Anything you got here sooner. So he uh, he gives up the information, and Iron Man lugs a big barrel of solvent across town on his back. That's interesting. And they get loose. And uh, meanwhile, we're going to – oh, he's oh, here we go again. Careful with that adhesive, you clumsy fool. Not a drop is to be wasted before I'm done. It will make me the most powerful. I, You know, not a lot of people talk about adhesive that way. I'm imagining that, that at 3M, they probably talk like that. Uh, oh, oh it would, I would hope so. I would hope that, that yeah, Nazi scientists went to work for 3M after the war to, uh, to create <laughs> the world's most powerful Post-it notes. Yes. Careful with those post-it notes, fool. They will make me the most powerful man on Amer in America. Oh, I love it. All right. So adhesive hijinks, adhesive hijinks. There's oh, the uh, time out, time out. Yes. What what the hell is grit? Because oh, I know. I've I've done research recently. I can tell you. Please tell me what is grit? I've always wondered. This is so great because I just found this out. This is this is kind of mind-blowing. All right. Okay. I went down the grit rabbit hole. Okay. I had the red yarn up on the wall and everything, man, connecting <laughs> all the dots. Here's the deal. It started out, because this I, this is a worthwhile co uh, topic for just a second, because it is in all the old comics. Right, it yeah. started out as a newspaper for rural folk, for farmers, and it was a German immigrant that came over from Germany in the 1800s and wanted to produce a newspaper that that farm people would enjoy as opposed to the big city, highfalutin, highbrow papers. Okay. Oh, the coastal and so elites and a, their, uh, their liberal bias. Got it. <laughs> and so he had a mandate that the stories had to be positive. They had to encourage these hardworking people to get up out of bed every day and milk the cows and, and plow the fields and everything that it was all worth it, you know, and just kind of give them a moral uplift. You know, that was the idea. Huh. And, um, the, um, the son, one of his sons, I believe, uh, or maybe grandsons, was a vice president of the company and became a vice president of Little League Baseball. And so they they were headquartered in um, Pennsylvania. It, what's that town in Pennsylvania where they have the Little League World Series? Something Port, w w Williamsport, right? I, I, don't, I don't know from baseball. Anyway. I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, I think it's Williamsport. Pennsylvania. I think it's right. It's if it's not, it's close, and people that know will know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so the grit publishers people donated a bunch of land and they built the Little League World Series baseball stadium on their land. And so to this day, the Little League World Series is played in the stadium named after the family that founded Grit. Huh. Okay. And for years, they were a little newspaper that kids sold for 15 cents. You kept the nickel and you sent them the dime. And always with an agrarian type of bent yes. to, the, to the reporters. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And today it's like a glossy magazine, I'm told. 
Oh, it's still it's a thing. Still today. It's still around today, but it's a magazine. Oh. And, like and, and, graphic. Still aimed at at like rural at farmer types. Yeah, yeah. I will be. Damned. I think you can get it at like Rural King and those kind oh. of places. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I'm, this is the second thing I'm writing down to look up for later. I will go find my local distributor of grit and because uh, because frankly, I just can't get myself out of bed in the morning to plow my my turnip field. So um, this will be helpful. Hey, you Thank you. You Thank get you, to man. keep that nickel, Luke. You get to keep that nickel and just send them the dime. I'm sure it's a little more than 15 cents now for a glass. Like, likely so. Likely so. Yes. Yeah. That I I was fascinated to find all that out. But anyway, huh. there were a lot of things like that advertised back in those old comics. Um. Okay, so more more adhesive hijinks with the teen brigade. This is a cool shot of the Black Knight spraying that. around. Oh, yeah. that's 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 just a great. And again, you give him room to work, and Jack will give you beautiful stuff. Look, at only that. three panels. How yeah. did he? How did he get? Th- how did he get Stan to allow him to do three panels? I, I, I guess he must have bought Stan lunch that day or something. He did, yeah. <laughs> and we get the great Thor bl- uh, de- deflecting bullets and all this kind of stuff going on here marvelous um, so we are in we are deep in the in the strategy of swapping opponents so if, if you have a, a thor villain thor doesn't fight the thor villain thor fights the iron man villain yeah. which is great until you get to the wasp <laughs> oh, i'm God. hoping the wasp doesn't fight radioactive man because that fight would be over very quickly and this is something i've observed from the beginning is that they just it's a they treat the wasp so badly. I don't, and I don't just mean the Avengers. I mean Stan and Jack, but also the way that she acts. She kind of has it coming in a lot of ways too. But again, that's them writing her that way. But she keeps saying things, and I'm just like, you, you, you deserve to be treated with more respect, Jan. But then you say something like that, and I'm like, yeah, I see why they, uh, this, I see why they treat you like that, Jan. <laughs> This book doesn't do well by Jan. I will say that some of her early appearances with uh, when it was just Ant-Man and the Wasp in, ooh, which book was that? Tales to Astonish? Yeah. yeah. I think I feel like they did a pretty good job with her sometimes. <laughs> it's a lot of bad stuff, but yeah. Um, I, I also had to point out, actually, the, the solution that Iron Man here has here. I would like to know, because this feels like close to being actual science. <laughs> uh, which is something that's kind of rare in these books. Um, so as soon as any radiation touches the photoelectric cell on this device, it ejects a rapidly unwielding spool of lead foil, which wraps itself around the subject. And then it pops up a balloon and carries them away. That's some good stuff right there. That's a good solution. That's a, a quality, a quality fix for a radioactive man problem. That is high concept. I know that's good stuff. That's there's a lot going on there. It, and it does, and it sums it up in four panels too, which is again Jack. Boom, For sure, gets him, inflates. There he goes. Boom. And anytime you can beat an enemy with a balloon, you get extra marks in my book. Oh, heck yeah, heck yeah. All right, let's see. So, continuing the fight, Iron Man gets a lot of leeway here. Uh, there's Ant Man, uh, or Giant. I don't know what he's calling himself at this point. He's Giant Man. He's Ant Man. He's Ant Man. He's Giant Man. I'm pretty sure he's Giant Man at this point, even though he yeah. still gets to shrink down. Yeah. He still uses the ants and everything. So, um, oh, we got an Avengers Oops. letters page. I don't Creep. think we were done yet. So they, yeah, continue up the next page. But we do have the Avengers letters page. So uh, they're talking about number four. By the way, I always like to check and see if anybody that we know pops I was up. Just, just thinking that. that, yeah. Nope, nope, yeah, nope, nope, nope. I don't see anybody. And interesting too, they used to put basically the bullpen bulletins here. That's mm-hmm. essentially what this is. Yep, I guess they'll grow into that eventually. Yeah. 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 Address your letters to Lee and Kirby. That's my favorite thing. It says oh, 
How about that? <laughs> Song ideas. Right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, all right. So more adhesive X and more cap. And, oh, here we go now. Here we got the throwdown. Zemo versus cap round one. Um, and so some, Zemo knows how to shatter garbage cans. That's interesting. His hand is moving so fast. It doesn't even knock the can over. It just slashes right through it. That, that's, that's how you know a judo master or karate master right there. I But I've got to give... Here is Stan at his best, all right? Here, here comes Stan at his best. Let me just walk us through this. Please. Too bad your skill doesn't match your words, you arrogant killer. This is no innocent victim of tyranny you're taunting now. This is Captain America. I was adept at every form of hand-to-hand combat known to man while you were still safe in your laboratory serving your Nazi masters. Where is your braggadocio now, master of evil? First time he's called master of evil, I think. And then it just gets better. Stan's about to crank the, we're, the flag's flying and we're all saluting and the music is playing because he's like, I still remember how you sneered at democracy, how you called Americans soft, timid, too spoiled to fight for freedom. You mocked free men. You boasted of your contempt for liberty. Feel my grip, Zemo. It is the grip of a free man. Oh, Stan, Stan, I love it. Look into my eyes, tyrant. They're the eyes of a man who would die for liberty. The world must never again make the fatal error of mistaking compassion for weakness. And while I live, it won't. I just want to salute the flag after that, Cap. Man. I actually performed this monologue uh, when I was when I was de- uh, uh, trying out for a Broadway musical, and they they asked me to leave, um, and I'm not sure why. But against that, it's that damn coastal liberal elitism that that just. <laughs> I do love this actually. This is this is Cap in, in rare speechifying form. That I I growing up, growing up, I had you know there's there's certain things certain certain characters in fiction that have shaped my my uh, my values. Captain America is one of them. Um, he's an he's an FDR Democrat from back in the day, and he just he knows what's right, and he's gonna tell you what's right. He's gonna pump you up, and he's gonna say, "Now you go do what's right, because it's cool to do what's right." Yeah, go on, Captain America. Good stuff. I the next person I shake hands with, I'm gonna say, "Feel my grip. <laughs> it is the grip of a free man." <laughs> okay, so good. That's so good. Come on. Oh. <laughs> I All hope right. that I'm, I hope that I have enough wherewithal it, next time I'm, I'm in a fight to the death to be able to bust out the word braggadocio. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So here's Zemo's uh, uh, henchman, whatever. And do we ever get his name? I don't think we do. I think he's just bald oh. henchman. Yeah. I, and the giant man fights him and there's giant man fighting. And then here comes Thor riding on the horse and it's all good. And then Zemo gets away. And what looked like the Pogo plane. Jack didn't have a whole lot of different vehicles. Mm. Uh, all right. Last page. Uh, Zemo took off. Uh-oh. There was tear gas in his canister instead of uh, adhesive solvent. So. Wah, wah. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. He's dead now. And, oh, I love that uh, Rick asked Thor if he's going to keep the horse. And, and you know, just a few months later, Thor had been something, said something like, forsooth, I may not keep yon animal it is yeah. too much whatever. Here he goes. I can't, Rick. <laughs> it's 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 still his by law. Yeah. What law does Thor recognize? <laughs> if the, the All Father says, "I shall have this horse," verily shall I have this horse. It's yeah. His dialogue, Thor's dialogue through this whole book feels just like it could be coming out of anybody's mouth. It, it's it's That's one of those things I get with with a team book. You let it you let well, it slide. 
and and the Hulk kind of suffers from it too because when the Hulk and the Hulk's not in this issue, but in previous issues, Hulk has conversations with people. Right. He sounds he sounds kind of like Ben Grimm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no. like, where's where's Hulk Smash? Yeah. There was no Hulk Smash back then. So, <laughs> all right. So, Luke, we are halfway through our journey. Oh my. Any thoughts? Any thoughts about this one before we tab on into the second part? Uh, good start. The next issue, I think, tops it. Okay. The next issue has my favorite cover of these first early Avengers oh, issues. Yeah. And it oh, has yeah. my one, my favorite two panels in any Avengers book in the in the first 20 years of the book, probably. Wow. So, yeah. So I'll see if you can figure out which two of those are. But, well, yes. This, this issue, yeah, top marks, but next one tops it. Awesome. 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 So um, I love if you have a slight suspicion we haven't seen the last of Zemo and his Masters of Evil, you just may be right. Well, this story was only a warm up to whet your appetite. So, in other words, Stan is like, "Yeah, we're 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 just gonna use him again because that's cool. We got him now. We got a new villain. It's not the Hulk. It's not Namor. <laughs> hey, Namor was in everything back then. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. I like that Cap is already just fitting right in with the team and already kind of assuming a tactical, if not outright, leadership spot. This quick, for sure. For yeah, sure. This quick. All right. On to seven, their darkest hour. Look and I love this. the poses. Look at this cover. Look, look at, at the poses. look at the disco poses along oh. the bottom. It's like they yeah. This 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 is absolutely rave night at the Masters of Evil compound. <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I gotta ask Stan. Stan, is this gonna be a a is this gonna be just an ordinary Marvel comic? No, no. This is an extraordinary Marvel epic, is what this is gonna be. And he always tells us the truth straight up. Absolutely. So, and I you would, know, I would buy a car from Stanley. Yeah, yeah. There's a minimal amount of of verbiage on this cover, comparatively speaking. Yeah, that's true because they I had mean, to make room for the disco party. <laughs> but this is for the early issues. This is bare. <laughs> it's just two boxes, and one of them is only four words. This is remarkable. Um, by the way, Hulk is now gone from the corner box. I'm yeah. waiting. Wait, in fact, let me go back and see. Wrong way. Uh, see, he was still there on number six. So seven is the first one where we lose the Hulk and we get, in fact, did we have Cap? Yeah, we had Cap walking up there, but now we got Cap's face. So and I, don't, I don't feel like it's better for having lost the Hulk. I feel like the Hulk added a, a special ingredient that uh, is 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 missing from here on. But hey. Yeah. Well, he was he was kind of the whole, he was the background story for the first five, four or five issues. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I meant. I think I remember you saying something about this to to Rob on a previous episode about how you know having somebody on the team that's just kind of moving at odds with everybody else and yeah. it adds a nice a nice tension a nice friction. Uh, and I do I do I do miss it from here on out. So it's, you uh, do miss it, right? It's a shame. And I I think that's um that's what Hawkeye is going to bring, which is why I never used to like Hawkeye in those old issues. But he does he does provide that. He provides it in great quantities to the point that she's like <laughs> stop. Just stop. For God's sake. You're making everyone unhappy. It's true. The diabolical diabolical Dr. Zemo. Has he ever referred to as Dr. Zemo again, or is this the only time? I think this might be the last issue where he gets to refer to as Dr. Zemo from here on out. I think he's a baron. I I think that also it's a good thing that the Hulk doesn't show up because I couldn't take another Bob Banner reference. Mm -hmm. I just don't know what was going on with that. But there you are. (laughs) Stan works hard. 
Yeah, he did. Um, all right. So Iron Man. Oh, I looked this up. I don't have it handy. Uh, Iron Man 56. Oh, I can find it real quick, but it's actually, that's not right. It was not Iron Man 56. It, Cause I went and looked and I'm like, this oh. has nothing. Iron Man's number 56 was from like 1974. Oh, yeah. It would have been Tales of Suspense, right? Yeah. That's Tales right. of Suspense 56. It, in Tales of Suspense 56. Um, it might not uh, be too late to claim your no prize ban. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, but I looked it up. I'm not going to go find it right now. I'll move us along, but I'll just describe what happens is that Tony is like going to go do something, going to go out or something on a date. And he gets an Avengers call. He's like, you know, I just don't have time for that right now. I'm going out on this date. Just tell him, leave me alone. Well, he gets called to the carpet, young man. Oh, yes. Better speak up, Mr. We're all, this is like when Carol was, was being an alcoholic and gets dragged before the, the uh the inquis inquisitorial board you know in around 2000 i oh know around night what year was that late 90s i guess yeah late 90s yeah uh yeah. yeah and you've got you've got big daddy giant man looking sternly down at his his uh his wayward kid yeah yeah even rick's like shame shame <laughs> i wouldn't do that if i were an avenger no please let me be an avenger <laughs> so uh-oh uh oh no it crashed on me. Okay, here we go. Um, what's up with this mask? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I can offer no defense. I allowed a personal problem to affect my sense. The personal problem was a hot chick. Um, that's Tony. So we're not supposed to pry into each other's personal lives yet. Now there's nothing anyone can do. All right. So we're ready for the vote. We've reached a decision. It's the most painful one. We find you guilty. Guilty, Tony. Oh, they don't know it's Tony. By the way, if I had a dollar for every time... Iron Man in the first several issues of Avengers says, as, as long as the other Avengers don't know that I'm actually Tony Stark, they <laughs> must never find out I'm Tony Stark. Like there was one issue. He says it like three times in the same issue. Yeah. I, I think, I think it was okay. So for a little while I wound up leaving the Marvel a day project and I'm pretty sure it was because I couldn't stand any more Iron Man issues <laughs> for basically what you're talking about here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. just, it, oh, no. it, it gets old. Um, agreed. Agreed. But on the other side of the coin, there's a really cool transition that Jack does here where well, before, Thor is pointing mm. and pronouncing, you know, uh, you're basically suspended for a week. We find thou shalt be suspended for about a week. So go hang out. You're a billionaire. You'll be fine. I just want to point out before you move on, and it is a great transition, but um, before you move on. If my um, penalty for missing a meeting is that I get to miss more meetings, I don't <laughs> think I'm pretty sure I would just miss every meeting and I'd be and be oh, okay with this. <laughs> you know, you and I agree on that. Here's the problem: we've established already on this show that Tony's favorite thing about the Avengers is calling meetings. That is a very good point. This he, this might hurt him more than anything. You're right. Now oh, that you mentioned it, there's there's been like two different stories that started with with Iron Man. Like I called you all here, and the other's like, ah. Uh, why are we here? There's not even a villain attacking. And Thor's like, verily, I have other... Well, he didn't say it back then, but I have other things to do, right? And it's funny because you think Thor has to go off and fight the Midgard serpent or something for the for this defense of all creation. It's usually he goes and like flirts with Jane Foster while tending to some patients in his hospital. He get, he flirts with Jane Foster. Well, uh, there's a whole other story about Thor that I could tell another time. But yes, you're right. You're exactly right. That's, it's never quite what you think it's going to be, is what I'm is what I'm saying. Yeah, very. So good here's point. this beautiful transition from beautiful Thor transition. to Odin. Yeah, and he's getting his giving sentence to 
the Enchantress, who is gorgeous as always. And mm. what is the Executioner wearing? Oh, that poor guy. What's the matter with him? He's got he, the, Now, he looks so much cooler without this whatever I was going to say, he's, he's such a simple design, but he just looks cool, doesn't he? I can't really put uh, my name. Yes. I, I guess it's the haircut and the mustache, but he just is a cool-looking character. He is great. He's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, but I just don't understand why he wears this dorky helmet. I don't care if it makes you invincible. You look dumb. Get rid of it. Just, just be yeah. scourged. The executioner. Man, keep fine. it simple, dude. You're doing great. You're doing great. And here's our old buddy Loki watching and plotting. So that's cool. So they have to take the long trip down the Rainbow Bridge, across the Rainbow Bridge to Asgard, and they end up in the middle of traffic, of course, in Manhattan because. Just as in Doctor Who, everything revolves around London. In the Marvel Universe, all roads lead to Manhattan. You know, I always kind of pictured that or uh, took that as being like, yeah, but if all this is happening in New York, imagine what's happening on the rest of the planet. Oh, Holy man. cow, if just New York is this nuts? In the Marvel Universe, like Poughkeepsie's got to be like freaking crazy. Ooh, man, I got to tell you, though, in my day in rural Alabama, there wasn't a lot of stuff happening. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen Marvel Silicaga, Alabama. That would have been fun. It, it, there probably would have been something going on, but there was nothing going on. So Zemo flees country. Oh, uh, then, before that, <laughs> if I may, I, yes. we get a where the executioner walks, he walks alone. That fourth panel. And it's like, man, that is just, I, I didn't, when I got to that, uh, reading, the first time I read through it, it's like, I didn't know how much I needed that. But that is like classic comic book dialogue that I just cannot get enough of. That just, that is absolutely my cup of tea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so. And yeah, Zemo quite... Fleece Country. And uh, I, I guess the thought sure. process for these two is, oh, hey, we're evil too. Maybe we should hook up with this master of evil. That's it. Yeah, he sounds cool. It's basically their reaction. That This guy sounds like a fun time, so they do. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Cap is like working out with these guys, uh, wrestlers, and okay, cool. Get some more Jack. Uh, couldn't get away with putting a big swastika in the middle of the comic nowadays, I don't think. But I there you go. Think, Mission no. Capture Hitler. There you go. Uh, so, whoop. Whoop, where'd it go? There. Hey. All right. So, Cap, Rick. Oh, Lord. Rick Here we are. My favorite, my favorite two panels in any Avengers right. comic for the next 10 years uh, are, page, are panels three and four on this page. If you just cut those out, which I did for Marvel a day as one of our posts, it's like, it is a perfect standalone little comic strip all on its own. <laughs> what? Apparently world war two veterans don't like it when you dress up as their dead comrades. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what Rick's standing on. Is he just like cap sitting down? And I guess, yeah, so. I guess so. He's just looming. He's, standing on a box He's very tall. Anyway. Apparently. Yes. Yeah, Rick, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, so again, they're just trying to do things with Rick Jones because he's a fun character. And like you said, it's good to have a kind of a point of view character like that. But since Hulk wasn't really around doing anything at the time, you kind of make him, you know, Cap's junior guy. You know, later, by the way, later on, Rick will become Billy Batson, basically. Right. The Captain Marvel. Yep. So yep. he does quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of stuff. Over the years, he, I guess he eventually gets associated more with Captain Marvel than anybody else because he was even in uh, Rick was still showing up as a as a like subplot in Captain Marvel in like the early 80s before he died. 
in that yeah. last big story before he died, Rick was like the second main character in that book. Did you read Peter David's Hulk run during the 90s? Maybe? Yeah. Oh, not the Hulk. No, Captain Marvel, but not the Hulk. Okay, yeah. So he he winds up being a big, big part of, the, of Peter David's Hulk run. And he was a ton of fun in that book. Uh, so that's where I always think of, uh, when I think of Rick Jones, I think of that run. And then later on, he comes back into the Captain Marvel uh, mythos. Um, yeah. But in modern days, he, we don't see Rick Jones very often anymore. He certainly hasn't shown up in the Marvel universe, the, the cinematic universe. But uh, I, we haven't seen a, a ton of him in modern comics in quite a while. I think I think he might have even gotten killed off during the Secret Empire thing that they did a few years back. I, I have said that of all the Marvel characters that we have not yet seen in the MCU at all, mm -hmm. Rick Jones is easily the most important and biggest one that we haven't seen because he's connected to everybody. He is, but he's the POV character. And it's like, while I miss it, I think it'd be cool to see. Is he really, are we really missing anything by not having him since, you know, and where would you, where would you put him is the thing where, where would you, I wouldn't is the thing. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I know. I agree. I think, I think you either have him in almost everything or you don't have him at all. And they just, yeah. not at all. Yeah. He could he be like, he could have been a cornerstone of the universe if they had him from the beginning, but now it's just like, yeah. uh, cause, cause the thing is they, their superheroes. I feel like a lot of the times are the POV characters. Like, you know, you've, you've got, you know, uh, Peter Quill. He's, he's a perfect POV character. Why would you need a Rick Jones to provide a man on the street perspective on a regular guy with a mask? Yeah. You wouldn't, right? No. Um, so, yeah, I, I I feel like the the chance to have him in the MCU has probably passed us by, and it's probably not the worst thing in the world. I think that the only way I could really see him coming in now is if they try to do a new solo Hulk movie, have him as being an important part of that. That could be cool. That could be cool. Because but... he hasn't been in a Hulk. He hasn't been in a I mean, he's basically, really, when you start with the 1970s TV show, he's been written out of the Hulk story. Mm -hmm. And he was such an important part of it. It's kind of like if you did Spider-Man and you didn't have the whole Uncle Ben thing. That's fair. That's fair. Because, I mean, those original Hulk issues, he's so... The story of him and Dr. Banner in the original Hulk stories, are actually, it's actually a really nice little character piece. And so, yeah, yeah. missing that just means you're telling a very different Hulk story. Um, yeah. But ultimately, yeah. I don't think... With everything with Rick Jones, I don't think you're missing the central metaphor or the central thrust of any character by not having a rick jones there to to point at it and say wow gee neat you know um yeah so yeah. he may just be one of those things that was important for storytelling in the 60s but isn't important in the 21st century i yeah. I, I think it's true i guess i mean i'm not saying i'm dying to have him i'm just no. saying that in terms of importance to the marvel universe in history i think he's the most significant character that hasn't been used yet hey that doesn't mean he should be yeah no he is because, I mean, after him, it's really like Nova, you know, and then you're just kind of getting down to the C list and the D list. You know? Yeah, I mean, we, we have gotten some really obscure people show up in the MCU that and if Rick Jones hasn't been there yet, it's like either either you're gonna have to make him like the next Thanos <laughs> or just just don't worry about him. <laughs> hey, I read the pre scroll war. I know he could be the next Thanos if he wanted to be. Hey, anyway. good point. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> All right. So here. Oh, Zemo on his throne. Oh yeah, dudes with spears. You gotta love collecting it. taxes. Yeah, that's it. Collecting tribute. Um, and there, he's being haunted by the masters of evil, which is entered the other masters of evil, Mark II. Hmm. And um, oh, we've got an Avengers helicopter. Is that what this is? But she calls it a plane, of course, a silly old plane. But you know, that's Jan. Hmm. 
don't be late for our next meeting, Iron Man. If it's a meeting, Iron Man's going to be there waiting for you. Come on. It's the favorite <laughs> part of being an Avenger is having meetings. All right. Here's, here is the executioner disguised as a Nazi war criminal. Because I'm thinking when I want to be, you know, not visible and, and kind of hide away and have people not notice me, a monocled Nazi is really the way to go to just fit right in. You know what I'm saying? I, I, and did, I, you cl- did you clock his, uh, his, his, uh, his name here? Hans Gruber Velt. Uh, where, where is he? Uh, where top is top page, or second page, top uh, oh. the panel. Yeah, Hans Gruber Velt. So close. So close. That's if, come, that's if uh, Hans Gruber and Franklin Roosevelt had a child. That It kind of looks like that now that you mention it. Yeah, it does, yeah. Huh, All now I'm never, never going to unsee holder. He needs the Red Skull cigarette holder and he's perfect. I, yeah, because he's basically um, Strucker at this point, right? And he's basically yeah, he is. You're right, the same yeah. head model that he used for Actually, Strucker. Until he takes his head off and it's oh, it's oh, no. with his weird eyes. What is up with the eyes on the executioner? We've seen that in a couple of panels now. I don't see what I can't quite tell what's going on there. He's got the crazy eyes, he's got the crazy eyes, he's got the crazy eyes. But I like that he like he's able to really do a good impersonation of a Nazi war criminal, right I mean, down to the clicking. Like of, yeah, he does. It's oh, like he's really committed did, to the bit. He did, he's committed to that part and he studied up. It's really quite, quite uh, fascinating. So all right, there's another good shot of Thor. I mean, again, Jack is really coming into his own. You wouldn't have gotten scenes like this in the first couple of issues. Agreed, agreed totally. There, there's, I, I will say that the Jack's art on the Avengers is not always my favorite. Uh, I will say with Chick Stone inking him here, he it's it feels pretty solid. And there are some panels that are like just downright gorgeous looking. Um, yes, and that, that top left there is absolutely one of them. That's good stuff. It really, it really is good. Yeah. Okay, so Amora hypnotizes him. First of many times, I'm sure. Uh, oh, I love the evil Avengers, but the and I mean Iron Man looks great? diabolical and Giant Man and Wasp. What is Cap doing here? Constipated Goblin is what I'm, I'm getting I, from, from Cap. I don't. I was okay. That works. But, but that Iron Man is like a luchador nightmare. I love that. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> Woo, wow. Um, I like here that Cap gets hit by a gas missile. And so he wraps himself up in the parachute, but then realizes he has to get back out of it. And we were told the, the slashing sharp edge shield cuts through it just in time to, to crash down. I mean, that looks like something out of one of the movies. I was pretty impressed with this no, whole little sequence. Here. I, I totally agree. That is some, some kinetic looking stuff. Yeah. And then he starts taking out the natives, of course, that Zemo is. I never dreamed he'd give such a good account of himself, but he must be stopped. You just fought him uh, the issue before, and he like berated you while busting out braggadocios and such, and walking on your backs. <laughs> exactly. That was God. What? Why? Why are these natives not fighting tooth and nail for me? <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Can't imagine. All right. So more, more. Oh, he ends up in. Oh, this is great. I love this sequence too. So Cap falls into a hole and he can't get out. Okay. Now, meanwhile, the other Avengers are fighting and fighting and blowing up a helicopter and Giant Man trips over a building or something. Oh, he's Giant Man has to grow really, really big so he doesn't fall as far. That, that makes sense. Absolutely. But he grows so big. Did he take a pill? I don't see him taking his tablet. Have they, have they, I don't know if they've changed how they change size. By I this think point. by this point they have. I think it's just at will now, but I could be wrong. Okay. It seemed like just an issue before or two, they were still having to take constantly pop pills. Which yeah. Is really yeah. 
But I like the idea he gets so big that falling out of a helicopter is just like falling off the porch. That works. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But then he's, he's grown so much that he can't really move, and so he has to get out of the way of crazy Thor. Now, remember, Cap's stuck in a hole. So I want to get to uh, – I'm going to go ahead and get to this real quick before I forget. So so the Enchantress is like, oh, this Captain America, he's stuck in a hole. Well, I'm going to finish him off. I'm going to drop rocks on him. And Cap's like, oh, cool, stuff to rock, stuff to climb out. <laughs> <laughs> she drops rocks to kill him and he just uses them to climb right out of the hole. She's not a very effective <laughs> villain, honestly. No, he's, he, if he had known she did it, he'd be like, Oh, an ally. Thank you so much for sending me those, those rocks to climb up. But just a quick point out fashions. Just a, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're stunning. No doubt. Uh, just to point out though, that, um, second page there uh fourth panel that that uh drawing of the enchantress it just grabs me i'm not quite sure why it just feels like boy jack really put some extra love on that one for some reason it's just like that is yeah. that is excellent that's some excellent well, excellent figure work he takes a character that is very a beautiful woman almost a marilyn monroe type but he's able to give her a malevolence there you know what mm -hmm. i mean he's able to convey that she's beautiful but she's evil and i think for that's sure. amazing. i think you're probably right yeah, it's really interesting. All right, so here's Tony smoking a cigarette, apparently, and not good for your heart, Tony, and <laughs> sees what's going on. He's like, well, I've been suspended, but I think this qualifies for me to uh, for me to, uh, bust, to break the rules and come back on the team, and they're happy to see him. And he spins Thor around for a while. I like he's just got Thor going, lu, 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 until he starts to run out of power. <laughs> All right, so Cap hits the villagers the village people with a palm tree that's awesome oh that's some good stuff um it takes yeah. over the weapon and starts shooting them with it just want to point out here and and i god i wish the marvel day guys could see this a hundred magnets for a dollar <laughs> I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that's like oh man i i we we always supposed that these these old marvel that like big magnet had their their fingers in old school marvel it's like here proof proof <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so great anyway go on. <laughs> thank you for not doing that when i was drinking because i'd have just ruined everything big magnet all right you got the line of the show congratulations you win the line of the show with big magnet. that's awesome Deep that was awesome all right so he blows up the headquarters stupid i hate the stupid magnet thing quicker they get rid of that the better it's fine um model rockets uh let's see oh zemo i love that zemo's uh aircraft looks like a badminton birdie a little bit yeah look at that yeah, a little bit a little yeah, bit yeah yeah and cap gonna catch a ride on it he's gonna catch a ride on it hangs from the outside of it from the amazon to new york city new york yeah merely a 12-hour ride on a supersonic jet from the outside um he should be basically a glove and a shield by the time he gets there. <laughs> but he's cap. Come on, he does what he's got to do, man. He does what he has I, to do. I think they, I think they did kind of stretch things a little bit by putting Zemo in South America. I think that kind of the logistics of this story got a little bit away from him, and you just have to kind of wink and nod. So you're a history teacher. I mean, is back in this point because I mean nowadays you know Nazis hiding out in South America is kind of a trope. Yeah, but this is like 1964, right, or yeah, so. 1963. Yeah. Was that something that was like widely acknowledged at that point? I I don't know. No, I think they were looking for him there immediately because were several they? of the several of them escaped there and were actually captured by the Mossad. Okay, okay, so that's something that was like 
in the public nine, consciousness yeah. already. Okay, yeah. that and and then and just a few years after this, you get the boys from Brazil, which is like an actual movie mm -hmm. and novel about it. So. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. So yeah, it was kind of no. Ah. Um, that's interesting. So okay, so I love. I kept thinking, how is how are they gonna? Because I couldn't remember. I'm like, how are they gonna get Thor? You know, deprogrammed. He just hits him with like a flashbulb. Yeah, it, it works. works. And, and look, look at the look at the vulnerability on Thor in that next panel, though. Like he's like oh, cradling his hammer, like oh gosh, oh gee, I'm 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 awful sorry, fellas. I didn't mean to, didn't mean to almost kill you with my hammer. Is is, is your week's banishment already ended, sir? <laughs> it sounds like a Dickens line or something. That's great. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the hip uptown apartment of Scourge and Amora, man, they really are just like. Yeah, what are they um, it looks like like bewitched or something going on here. Something Mod as hell. Look at that. Yeah, they should just they should just stopped here, and you know she could have become like a fashion designer. He could become some, some kind of consultant in business oh, or yeah. banker, and they could have just been great. Yeah, we never see them again. They just kind of disappear into the uh, into the jet set New York oh, social yeah. scene. I think they they would they would done great. And they end up as characters on succession because they would totally fit in. <laughs> totally fit in. All right. Well, the badminton birdie's coming back. And I love the enchantress tries to help by guiding the plane. And eh, things don't go so well. Uh, all right. They fight. I, you know, the fights are great, but I just kind of go, okay, moving along, moving along. I want to know what's going on. Oh, this is, we're almost to the end. So, oh, this is kind of, kind of rude here, right? Oh, the, the enchantress oh, yeah. and executioner escape in the badminton birdie, and Thor is just like, ah, I'm going to send him to another dimension or oh, something. Really? Where <laughs> he don't know. I can say I'm just going to teleport them someplace. I don't know where they go. Oh no! It could be I'm the White not... House. It could be the Moon. I don't know. I'm not responsible for the destination. I just open the door and shove them through. The My hammer does stuff sometimes. I can't control it really. Who can say I can't be held responsible for what the hammer does? Blame Odin. Sure. It's so easy I to blame have... Odin because he's kind of a jerk. Oh, yeah. He is. It's true. Uh, it could be to a different city. Eh, it wouldn't be so bad, right? Or a different universe, verse, 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 verse. So, yeah, it sucks for them. I guess they'll, I guess we'll, at least this gets them out of the way while we deal with Kang and Wonder Man, and then we'll see what happens after that, right? You got some good issues coming up. I hope you got some good partners to uh, to dance with for those. Yeah, we're going to have David Wright on to talk about Kang and Wonder Man. That should oh, be cool. There you go. Def yeah, Dave's Dave going to gonna do you right. You're going to have a good time with Def. He will. All right, so we wrap things up here. How is Cap? He's coming too now. Don't worry. He'll be good as new in a few minutes. We shall need all our strength. If the Enchantress is among us, the Executioner must be also. I'm glad you're figuring that out. Their power is greater than any mortal can suspect. Together with Zemo, they may be as strong as we. No matter how strong they are, we'll find them. And when we do, nothing will save them. Nothing. Well, Cap's kind of ruthless now that he's awake. Yeah. <laughs> and when they do, as indeed they will, foreshadowing, you'll be there too, sharing all the thrills and excitement. This is our pledge to you in this, the glorious new Marvel Age of Comics. And it is. The end. All right. So your thoughts on this one, and then we'll kind of wrap up. I love this issue. I love this issue in all kinds of ways. Uh, yeah, just, just soup to nuts. So um, 
Mark Wade, when he was writing Captain America back in the 90s or whatever, uh, he, he said that he, the way he approached Captain America was that he always envisioned him in, in constant motion. And, when, and I can only assume that he's talking about like Kirby's take on Cap. Because throughout this book, he is just constantly moving and tumbling and attacking and jumping and flipping. And it's it, it really kind of is the, the, the lifeblood of this book at this point, I think, is Captain America. Everybody else is there. Thor is there. Iron Man is there. But Captain America really is kind of like the, 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 the living soul of this book. And I feel like you really get that in this issue. And so this, is, this one's one of my favorites. So I, I was glad to have a chance to come out and talk to you about this one. Oh, yeah. It's been great. I... I, I agree. And I think that Captain America really, it, it's amazing to me how quickly he has become so much of the focus, not just of the action and the dialogue, but the villains, the plot. I mean, it's kind of become Captain America and friends just a couple of issues after they found him floating in the ice. Hey, Jack created him. He, you can tell he's glad to have him back. You can you absolutely can tell. tell. Absolutely. And I mean, you can see how like, like about a year later, He's going to be the only one left of this group because they're comfortable enough using him that you don't need, you know, those others anymore. But it is cool to see the big three plus Hank and Jan. I mean, they really are kind of the core of the Avengers. There's others that, you know, over the years have earned a spot in that roster. But, you know, honestly, that's that right there in that very last panel. That's the Avengers. To me, that's the heart and soul of the Avengers. And you know, we don't get it for that long. Like I said, by 16, we're going to have the new, the old order changes, but, um, right. but there they are. So yeah, you could tell that Stan and Jack had fun writing and drawing cap. And that's, what's going to continue after, you know, 16. So no question. All right. Well, very good. Um, Luke, thank you. Uh, thank you again for coming on tonight and joining me to talk about Avengers, uh, six and seven yeah the masters of evil the the duology uh remind folks where to find you for marvel a day and everything absolutely you can find us on twitter at marvel a day p-r-o-j it rhymes uh and also on facebook you can find us on our you can find us on our uh, facebook page as well just search for marvel a day and you'll be sure to find us so there you go and it was a ton of fun van thanks a lot for having me out uh love to do this again sometime that's awesome yeah we will do it again for sure and remember www.avengersassemble.net we will see you guys uh coming up in two more weeks talking to deaf dave david wright about kang and immortus i mean no about kang and wonder man there's a kang and immortus after that so all right we will see you guys later <laughs>